Welcome to Crossroads and Cauldrons. We are two witches with jobs, families, and busy lives just like you. We talk about weaving the web of community, practicing magic, and life in the Deep South. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Selena. And I'm Luna. And guess what? What? We are... In the same room. Yay! It's crazy. I'm so excited. I forgot what you looked like. I know. I mean, good. I remembered that. Oh, but well, you know. So, uh, just you know, for everyone, we're we're distanced. You're like eight, eight feet. feet away from yeah. me. Yeah. So Long we're table. We're being careful. We are we're keeping our distance. We have our hugged. hands. She has not sneezed on me. No. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, but we're here in the same space, and it feels good. It does. I like it. Um, but also, everybody stay home. Right. If you can. If you can. Yeah. Um, okay, so today is uh, May 25th, 2020. Where did spring go? I don't know. I know, end of May, right? It is the end of May. We're halfway through this year. I know. Thank God. Crazy. <laughs> uh, the sun is in Gemini now. Just switched over last week. Mm-hmm. And we have a wane. No, waxing. Waxing moon in Cancer. Yep. Yay. All right. So, oh, what did I want to talk about? There was a couple of things. One is all of my festivals for the summer have been canceled. Yeah. I just got notice yesterday. Mm-hmm. Possibly yesterday. That <laughs> that Mystic Could have been last week. <laughs> I, yeah, meh. Yeah. Right? What is, what is time, anyway? Uh, Mystic South has been canceled. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're doing the right thing. I'm mm-hmm. glad. Um, the Pagan Unity Festival, which is next week, um, was moved online. So that's exciting. That's I'm, cool. I'm going to be attending that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell I'm gonna tell us all about it. We'll do an episode like we were going to do anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's online. And tickets are still available uh, by the time this airs, you'll have like three days yeah. um, for the Pagan Unity Festival. Um, we'll, we're going to put the website on yeah. the it's like PaganUnityFestival.com. I'd, like, I'd like to know. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Um, they're going to have uh, the same a lot of the same presenters, and you're going to get like a Zoom link for different events and, and cool. things like that. So I'm excited. Nice. And um, that's kind of... The first one that I know of, well, mm-hmm. some others have cropped up, but that was the first one that I heard that that was like, we're going to do it online. So I'm interested to see how this unfolds and, right. you know, what kind of options that might open up for, you know, after mm-hmm. we're all in person again, you know, yeah. and, and that may um, make it easier for people to get to these kinds of events and experience different um, authors and teachers and, you know, practitioners of all different, all different types. So um, that's one of the things that really helped me being, you know, sort of isolated down here in Mississippi. Right. And um, not, you know, there's not a huge community. There is quite a quite a lot going on mm-hmm. now. Yeah. But there wasn't many years ago. Right. And, um, you know, going to festivals and events is kind of where people connect and learn. And, you know, you learn about different teachers and mm-hmm. authors and whatever. So um, that'll be really nice for people that maybe don't, Maybe can't afford to travel. Uh, me, um, ding, ding. yeah, yeah. Here. So I didn't start going to festivals until, gosh, Temple Fest. 
few years ago. Yeah. Five, six years ago. And that was it. So this was going to be my summer of festivals. Mm-hmm. I had three different ones that I was going to and I was super excited. And um, and so boo, because they were canceled. <laughs> Thanks, but, Corona. <laughs> um, but I am glad that I still get to experience it online. Yeah. So, uh, but Mystic South is canceled totally as far as oh, I understand. Okay. So they totally. Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to do an online thing. That's a huge, huge thing That's a to lot coordinate. To do at the last minute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and they're still relatively young um, compared to, you know, Pagan Unity Festival has been going mm-hmm. on for like 25, 30 years. So, yeah. um, anyway. Um, but then Temple Fest. Mm-hmm. Has also been canceled. It has, but they're doing it online, and I'm stoked about that. I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that it kind of helps because um, a lot of our people in the temple live in Canada, right? Um, and one of my friends in particular lives in Canada, and she was like, "Well, I don't get to go this year because they've closed the border, mm-hmm. um, and they're not going to be able to come into America at all." So even when the festival was happening, she was like, "I can't go." Yeah. Um. But now she can. So yeah, that'll be awesome. So that's exciting. Um, and people, you know, we've got people in England and all over mm-hmm. that can attend. So, you know, check that out. There's going to be an announcement in June. June, right around the mm-hmm. 1st of June. I don't know if they gave me a date. I could have been making that up. But June. Um, and, you know, since they're doing that, we need to check out some of the festivals over in England and, and uh, London. and Oh, shit, yeah, we do. All of that that they do, usually. Um, that we can't normally travel that we to. can't normally travel to and they may be doing stuff online too we need to check that out i'm gonna check that out yeah that's exciting i am excited okay so so we're experiencing a different world of festivals this summer yep. i'm going to the puff festival gonna talk about that probably next episode actually because that happens next week puff pa- pagan unity festival oh uh, okay <gasps> I've never heard it called Puff. Okay. Yeah, that's what they call it. Just, I'm, I'm going, what is it, a vaping festival? I mean, what's well, the deal? Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, um, so yes, I'm going to that, and we'll talk about that on the show, probably, okay. ne- probably next episode. We'll probably t- open a gap in our 13 goals and talk about Pagan Unity cool. Festival. Yeah, and then nothing for Mystic South, Temple Fest in August, so I'm excited about that. Um, what else was I going to talk about? That was off topic. There was something else. Mm, think, think, think. I know that we have a lunar eclipse and a solar eclipse this month. Oh, good. Just what we need. Time to do some <laughs> introspection, guys, because you haven't had a chance. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I get to drink tea in front of your face again. How was it? Did you enjoy that? <sighs> Very good. Awesome. <laughs> okay. So um, if I remember whatever the hell I was going to say, I'll, I'll you say You said there was something else. Yeah. It'll come to you in the mm. middle. It may. It may something. not. <laughs> Let's find out. Um, We're both kind of frazzled. Y'all know how it is. We've been cooped up in our houses for with two, two months. And a husband. Yeah. All them animals. <laughs> you know, so my cat, I'm just talking today. Okay, go ahead. So my cat, um, we were talking about cats last episode. One of mm-hmm. my cat. I have three, three males. And I've got to share a picture of them. Everybody was posting pictures of their cats. Oh, Aww. that was awesome. So I need to put some pictures of my babies up. Um, one of them has... We've discovered that she has like an overactive thyroid, so she has to have medication several times a day, and she had an infection, and and um, she's not eating, so she's got an appetite stimulant. She's got like fifteen different medications. Aww. She's also seventeen. So oh, poor baby. I know. So our one bathroom, our cat has taken over the bathroom because she's <laughs> uh, she's sick, so she's got to live in there, um, so I can monitor her food intake mm. and all of that stuff. So. Um, so she's, I don't know why I'm telling this story. My cat, 
I, I love her. She's 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 just sick right now, and I'm sad about it. And you have um, one bathroom. And I have one bathroom oh, for four people, a, and the cat lives in there. The so what are you going to do? Well, <laughs> I got some bushes outside that are, you know what? Um, Never mind. <laughs> Let's talk about witchcraft. Let's do that. Sounds good. Yeah, that's better than my current topic of whatever that was. Okay. So we're going through the 13 goals of the witch. Yay. And we're on goal number nine. Goal we're getting number close nine. to being done. Number nine. Why am I all of a number sudden nine. valley girl? I don't know. Goal number nine. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. This is so cool. That's right. what lives in there underneath. <laughs> we were talking about our shadow selves earlier. No. Answers. My shadow cannot be Valley Girl. I mean, Mm-mm. okay. So, number nine. <laughs> number nine is attune with the cycles of the earth. Doesn't that sound beautiful? It does. So, let's talk about it. Okay. So, on a basic level, it sounds. It's just like it sounds, right? You know, just sort of recognizing the seasons and working with the land and, you know, observing the cycles of nature and animals and birds and all of that stuff. Doesn't Mm -hmm. that sound pretty? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot more to it than that. Oh, okay. A lot more to it. Um, So, yes, that's a part of it. You know, uh, tuning with the, um, the wheel of the year and celebrating the seasons and the lunar cycles and, you know, eating foods that are in season and um, working, you know, when it's, when it's summer and resting when it's, you know, wintertime, those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that is part of it, but that's not the whole of the picture. That's a way to connect to um, sort of the deeper mysteries of, of connecting with those forces. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Not yet. It will. <laughs> so it really goes beyond the agricultural um wheel of the year and and it's um the the way we practice the wheel of the year in western occultism is um it's a, it's symbolic it's not it's not well it's it's not symbolic either it it's an embodiment of different forces that are represented in an agricultural way because we are an agrarian society even if we don't feel like we are one we're dependent upon the land you know that's where our food comes from that's where our oxygen comes from we need um the planet um to live (laughs) Mm -hmm. so on a every level we need that connection to be strong so that we'll be strong you know um but the the wheel of the year itself, the way that it's celebrated with Sabbaths and such as that, it's talking about a deeper mystery than what it appears on the surface. You know, it goes beyond just the cycles of nature and death and rebirth and all of that. Um, so one of the ways that you can connect to the cycles of the earth is starting to recognize your own cycles. And this goes back to something we talk about a lot around here, um, which would be introspection and journaling and keeping track of what's going on with you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because what you're going to what you're going to start to recognize as you do that work is you're going to recognize your own patterns. You know, you're going to recognize your physical cycles, you know, and that can include your menstrual menstrual cycles, any kind of hormonal cycles that are happening in your body. So this is not just for women, Mm -hmm. um, but starting to recognize the different um, times in your life that you feel a certain way or that your body functions in a certain way or that you have more energy or less energy or that you sleep better or worse or that your dreams are more active or that your psychic intuition is stronger at Mm -hmm. different times. Um, 
learning all of those things and attuning, recognizing your own cycles sort of gives you um, an idea. It's like a map of how you fit into the universe, you know, and where your strengths and your places of power are within the greater universe and the greater cycles, because you're part of a greater pattern. You know, it's like a it's like a fractal. You are, you have a pattern and that pattern repeats on a larger and larger and larger scale. Mm -hmm. So what your cycles are are representative of something, um, that's important in the universe. It's something that's necessary to be in the universe. So learning your cycles, honing your cycles, you know, making sure that, um, everything that you do is sort of giving you optimal performance. And, you know, that doesn't always look the same. That doesn't always look productive. Sometimes that looks like resting. Sometimes that looks like um, processing grief. You know, those are the cycles, you know, Mm -hmm. of life. And those are part of the cycles of the earth as well. It goes through, because it's part of that fractal imagery, it goes through the same sorts of processes with itself, you know, and you'll start to recognize that the more you work with your own body and your own cycles and the cycles of the land in your area and globally, and even, you know, and we don't have as much of an ability to explore this as we do um, with our own planet, but even, you know, in our solar system and in our galaxy, these patterns are continuing to play out on a larger and larger scale. And our key to connect to that is with ourselves, you know? Um, So it seems like a small thing, maybe, and it seems like an insignificant thing, maybe, but it isn't. Learning yourself and your psyche and sort of what makes you tick and what motivates you and when and how you are connected in, um, that's a key to the mysteries, you know? That's not a small thing at all. Mm -hmm. And... um, it's hard to sort of recognize that it's hard to recognize at first, especially when you are in your power, you know, Mm -hmm. when you are connecting to places of power for you, you know, they may be different than for other people, but that's okay. Um, so, so it's really important to, to explore that first step one, (laughs) connecting Mm -hmm. with the cycles of the earth. Guess what? You're part of that. You're part of that. Your whole species is part of that, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so learn that, learn you, learn that key. That's the first step. Um, and you've got to remember too, that not all witches, um, worship, you know, or celebrate seasonal cycles. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many facets to witchcraft and it's not all based around the wheel of the year and agriculture and, you know, growing things. That's not, that's not the, (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. not the length and breadth of our work. Um, so there, there are witches that work more with the cycles of the cosmos, you know, the alignment of the planets and those, those types of energies. And there are witches that don't work with any of that stuff, but you really, um, even, even the ones that don't work with, um, seasonal energies and things like that, they still recognize the the cycles. They recognize the pattern of, you know, this is a time that this sort of work is stronger. So let me be more specific because I was vague. Um, <laughs> but like if you're working with um, the waxing moon, you know, that's a good time for drawing in. If you're working with the waning moon, that's a good time for releasing, mm-hmm. you know, different things like that that do have an impact on your magic, you know. 
um, different planetary alignments, different planetary hours, different times of the year. You know, maybe it's not a good time to do um, growing spells or productivity spells in the middle of the dying half of the year, Mm -hmm. you know. That's a good time for releasing and cutting and letting go when you're planning your your spell work for the year or whatever. Um, but, you know, those sorts of things affect your magic, you know. So knowing them and having an awareness of them and knowing how to work in that flow makes a big impact on the success of your of your spells and your magic. Um, even, you know, your transformative magic, like you, you can flow with it. Or you can try to swim upstream, mm-hmm. you know, and you might eventually get there, but it's going to be harder, <laughs> right? you know, and that's not to say that, um, you know, a lot of people get hung up on timing too. That's not to say that, um, that you can't do something because the moon's not right. Yes, you can. But if you have an awareness of the way those energies impact your magic, because you've already done all that awesome introspection and you know, your times of power that may be different from whatever's in the book or Mm -hmm. different from someone else's. You know, the waning moon might be a power time for you um, that's good for manifesting for you. But you would know that because you did all of your introspective work. Um, But after that, you know, knowing when when certain energies are going to impact your work in a helpful way Mm -hmm. is good because then you can hopefully plan and align that and stack those energies to help in your favor. And it just makes the work easier. It makes it flow. Um, But if you have to do something and you have to do it now, and and that's the time that it needs to be done, do it at that time. Mm -hmm. Um, But having an awareness of, okay, this particular thing is going to be more of an obstacle to what I'm trying to accomplish, then you also will know ways there are ways to neutralize those energies you know if the moon isn't right but the moon is definitely going to have an impact on you know the work that you're doing depending Mm -hmm. on what it is then you neutralize that moon you know you neutralize that energy you block that out you can tap into you know we're not bound by space and time so you can tap into certain times um there's all sorts of magic around working with time and moving time forwards and backwards and, and things like that. Um, and you can use that type of magic to put you in the proper timing for whatever the spell is, you know, and do it then. And it will still have the same effect, but you just have to have an awareness of these things so that you can work with it. You know what I mean? That's the whole thing we're doing. You, You know, we're, we're manipulating energy. We're, interacting with spirits you know we're we're walking between so Mm -hmm. that between we can get in there and and do what needs to be done to make our magic work right but if you don't know that there's you know a waterfall coming into your space Mm -hmm. then you're not going to know to block that out because that's going to flood you Mm -hmm. that was a weird example man (laughs) got some weird (laughs) shit to say today um let me turn my page so how do we do that How do we work with the flow of energy? Well, the first step, of course, is to learn about it, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, spend some time getting to getting to know your start with your yourself, of course, and then 
get get to know the land around you, the land that you live on, like where your space in the world is. Mm-hmm. Start to recognize, you know, the patterns of the animals that frequent, the plants that grow there. You know, how much rain do you get? What time of year does this happen? You know, mm-hmm. whatever it is, get to know that. And also get to know the spirits of your land. Get to know the spirit of your the overarching spirit of your land, any sort of nature spirits that live in your land. If you have, um, you know, if you have, if you're lucky enough to have um, a dune or a mound or something on your land, you know, connect with those energies and, you know, orient yourself in the land. You know, where is, where is um, elementally, how are you oriented in the land? Um, you know, if you've got a body of water uh, near your home, which direction is that? How does that relate? You know, study that and then and then go further study your town where are the places of power in my town where's where are the water sources where's the most um you know where's the highest elevation you know that's going to be your source of earth where's the you know is there a volcano in your area because that's going to be great you know but but start to learn where where the things are in your town, mm-hmm. you know, your places of power. Is there an obelisk in your town? Is there, is, if you look at a map of your town, does, does it make a particular symbol or shape or, you know, you can scry with maps. Um, if, uh, and then go out, you know, how, what, what about your state? What are the places of power in your state? How are you connected to them? How are you using those um, energetic points to manifest your magic or help channel your energy, you know, especially if you're doing healing work or community healing work or global work, anything like that, like tapping into those power points in the land is going to be, is going to have a huge impact on it. And some of this work I um, recently started doing more uh, because of a meditation that I was doing um, for a class. And, you know, I got this message that I need to, um, find those places of power and, you know, work with them, work Mm -hmm. with those areas of power. And then you go out to your whole country, you know, what are the places of power in your country? What are the places of power that you're drawn to on the planet? You know, find, you know, it starts very small or seemingly small. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it starts with step out your back door and look around, Right. you know, what kind of trees do you have there? So that's the, that's the way to start attuning yourself. You know, and it takes a, it takes a while. You're not going to attune yourself to the cycles of nature in a month. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to take at least a year, two or three years, five years, you know. Yeah, that's a lot to it, discover. It is. And it continues to flow and adjust and change. And Lord, if you study astrology at all, you know, you know, what's the longest planetary cycle? I don't know. Some of them are like 30 years. So um, you just have to start paying attention you have to start listening and you have to keep track of it because i can't remember all that Mm -hmm. you got to write it down this is why we have a journal this is why a book of shadows happens (laughs) um so yeah but but you can harness those energies if you know your land and you know the spirits that are there and you know um yourself and you know your places of power when you need it you know exactly where to go and what to do. Yep. You know, there's no question of, oh, crap, I've got this situation, and now what do I do? N- no, because you have a team of allies. You have, um, you know, you have your places of power. 
you know, just like how you, you walk into a dark room, you know where the light switch is. You can solve that problem. Yeah. You know? So it's it's like that. And, and um, you know, you know when it's a better time. You don't, you're not going to go out in the winter time in your swimsuit. I mean, okay, look, we live in the South, so that happens. <laughs> um, it's still not a great idea. No. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? You're not going to go... Um, you're not. You're gonna dress for the season. You're not gonna put on a winter coat and go out in the middle of August. You will die. You're gonna sweat really bad, and then you're gonna die. Don't do it because you're more in tune with the cycles of the earth than that, right? Right. Okay. Cool. So, um, and on the other side of that, and I think I mentioned this briefly, but um, there's more to it than just your magic, and there's more to it than just. I say just your magic, like that's something tiny. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, but there's there's more to it in, in the simple fact that we rely on this planet mm-hmm. to survive. You know, we need food, you know, so being aware of how that happens, mm-hmm. you know, where, what can we eat? What, how does it grow? How do we best nourish it? Um, what does oxygen look like? How do we get it? You know, how do we keep it clean? Those basic things, understanding how the planet operates mm-hmm. um, helps us identify our place in it and our impact on it. You know, when we can see, okay, so we're filling up all the earth's water supplies with garbage. Let's stop doing that or we're going to mm-hmm. all die. You know, um, having that awareness will help us to continue to s- survive on this planet and we can thrive and it can thrive as well. So it's, it's important as as a witch or as any person really to to be in tune with with the cycles of nature and i get this question kind of a lot people will say um you know i i think i'm a witch and i'm like okay what does that mean to you and they say well you know i just want to be in tune with nature and stuff and i'm like okay what does that mean to you mm-hmm. you know what does it mean nobody knows um, so this is kind of my take on it. Like everyone should be in tune with the planet, at least to the point where it <laughs> provides our meals and our oxygen. So right. you need to be aware of what you're putting into it. Mm-hmm. But that's my whole rant on that. Yay. Oh, yeah, yay. She says, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's good. I'm sorry. And, and some of the listeners may agree with me. Those of you who have tried this and it's totally off subject, but she's talking about finding your places of power within your city and town. And all I could think of was the game Pokemon app that came out a couple of years ago. <laughs> and we went around town trying to find all of the little gems. All the gems, yeah. <laughs> you learned more about your town playing that stupid game than you did Fuck, anything else. Right? So You know where all the water towers are. In, yeah, that's what was <laughs> pinging in my head. You know, where all the churches all are. The churches. All the churches. But you know parks what? Those are places of power. They are. We got this big-ass cross in you know, my town, it's annoying and huge and I have personal feelings about it, but I'm not going to go into it. Um, but it's huge. And I drive past, look, my kid asked me, why is there a T in the road? And I was like, (laughs) um, yeah, I, I need to, I need to do some educating there, but okay. Um, but I just thought it was hilarious. But that's probably a place of power. It's, you know, it's a man-made object. It's enormously tall. It's yeah. gotten a lot of attention. You know, it may not be a place of power for me. Right. but It is for somebody, it, though. It is a place of power, mm-hmm. you know. And it stands for, you know, what type of energy does that represent? Mm-hmm. Think about that. You know, like, 
we've got an obelisk, which is actually a cell phone tower in uh, a town close by, um, because everything in that town has to be pretty. Mm-hmm. And we've got a special mayor over there. But anyway, <laughs> um, but it's a pretty town. Yeah. It is pretty. Um, so we have this cell phone tower that's disguised as an obelisk. Well, okay, what does that mean? If you draw out your map and you write out, you know, draw that big-ass cross and draw that obelisk and look at how things are in relation to each other, and what mm-hmm. does that mean symbolically? You know, what does that mean? What does it mean to you? you yeah. Know? Do that stuff. Yeah. Play Pokemon Go. You'll find your places <laughs> of power. I'm just saying. They're going to all be churches and water towers, but there it is. And parks. Yeah. You know. Soccer field. Yeah. Anyway, that was my right. <laughs> so we have a lot of listener questions today, which we really do. excites me a whole bunch. Because um, we asked you guys to ask questions, and you did, because you're awesome. <laughs> so I have a lot of questions. So let's go. Let's get going okay. on these. Okay, so... Some of these I'm not going to read everything, but I'm going to read this one. So this first question is from, oh, this isn't really a question, but I put it on the list, so I'm Mm going to mention it. So Earthen (laughs) Solitary um, says she's a huge fan. I assumed Earthen Solitary, who may or may not be female, is a huge fan. Yep. Um, Thank you. Thank you. We're (laughs) a huge fan of yours as well. Yep. Um, And... uh, said that they were going through the episodes um, and listened to the autumn episode and, and at uh, episode number 18 and at 40 minutes and 30 seconds on the episode, they feel like Selena predicted the pandemic. I'm sorry, guys. So I had to go back and listen to that little snippet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm. so I don't know. I didn't, I, I don't know even know if I was going to mention that or not, but somebody else had mentioned it to me a few weeks ago and I was like, haha, LOL. Okay. But this one gave me a timestamp. Yeah. So I went back and actually listened to that little part and, um, it's kind of weird. Y'all should listen to me. I'm right. Um, <laughs> that's, that's the takeaway. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so Melissa Black says, first, I want to say thank you for this podcast. You're welcome. You're welcome. Specifically. Thank you for listening. Um, so everyone in her family is Christian mm-hmm. and grandma has been battling cancer for six years with a decent quality of life. Um, however, we found out her cancer has spread from her liver to her spine. Ugh, I'm so sorry. Um, she's doing radiation five times a week and taking chemo. Um, she says, I'm in the broom closet with most of my family. However, I feel called to do rituals or spells or send good, positive healing vibes to her. The problem is, um, I've always heard you need to have consent to do so for others. What is our advice and what kind of ritual or spell would you do? This is a really good question. Mm-hmm. So let's break this down. Because <laughs> yeah, we've talked um, about consent before. Yes. Consent is um, is extremely important. It is extremely important. Um I I wouldn't want someone praying um, for me that you know because it it it's you have to you have to look at the way energy works. Um, you wouldn't force someone to take a medication that they weren't comfortable taking. You know you wouldn't um, you wouldn't want people to take a treatment or a therapy that they weren't comfortable taking, mm-hmm. whether it was for their best good or not. Right, their decision. Um, is important in the matter. And if your grandmother would not be comfortable with it, um, I would strongly suggest caution. Um, there are ways to find out if, um, if, if grandma is not in a place that you can ask her directly, uh, you know, if there's a, a t- unconsciousness or something like that, um, you can ask her higher self in meditation and, um, 
see what kind of response you get. And, and you really have to be open to the answer being no. Um, there are lessons to be learned from sickness and illness. And they may be lessons on a soul level for her. And she may not even be consciously aware of them in, in this, um, in this lifetime, you know, uh, but there may be a different level, a different aspect that her higher self is seeing, uh, you know, a karmic journey playing out for her or a soul journey that she's trying to learn um, and, and healing or intervening with magic would be disruptive to that journey. And that's really, really hard for people who are caregivers and people who um, are processing um, loss and illness and watching family be in pain, you know, or, or dealing with sickness. It is so hard. And I can really, really deeply understand how you're feeling. Um, we had a very close friend of ours um, a f- couple of years ago now, it's been two mm-hmm. years now, who um, was suffering with um, brain tumors and things like that. And things turned really bad, really fast. And as much as uh, we wanted to, you know, do healing and things like that, um, it just wasn't happening. It wasn't for her highest good at that time. And she did pass. Um, but it's, it's, it's something that you have to check in with the higher self. Mm -hmm. Um, if you can't, if you, if you feel that you can't go to her and say, grandma, you know, I'm a witch. Can I do some healing for you? She may be open to it. You never know. But if, if, if that's not something that you can ask her directly, first of all, that's probably your answer. Mm -hmm. Second of all, you can ask her higher self, you know, um, and I've had some situations where people that I absolutely would not expect to um, be open to energy healing or anything like that uh, would come to me. And it's usually when a child was sick or when, mm-hmm. you know, I have um, a some family members that have had various kind of big, scary situations happen here and there. And, you know, they don't they don't come around until they're afraid and then they'll come and ask me for healing, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have done that before, but there's also been times that it just wasn't something that they wanted, you Mm -hmm. know, and I had to accept that. Right. And that's very, very difficult. So, um, assuming that, that you are checking in with consent. So first thing I would ask is what sort of energy healing are you trained in? Um, if you, um, if you don't have any training in energy healing, um, it can be akin to practicing medicine without without training. Um, you can potentially do more damage than good if you if you don't know what you're doing. And I'm not saying that you don't know what you're doing. I'm saying I don't know. Right. <laughs> I don't know what you're trained in. So if you have um, if you have training in energy healing, you know, go with what you know. Um, work within what you're trained in and what you, uh, have practiced in. Um, otherwise I would, if you're, if you're, um, familiar with sending light and things like that, um, that's the techniques are relatively simple to perform, but they can have profound impacts. So, um, if you're familiar with that practice, you can send light, um, for cancer or things like that. I would do, um, like a red orange, um, something that's going to be, um, 
sort of extremely like intense healing, you mm-hmm. know, um, kind of fiery type energy to, to help wipe out the things that are attacking her system. Um, but you, if you, if you get consent, um, from the higher self, then feel free to go ahead and do that. You're, you're going to have to listen to your intuition on a lot of that and trust yourself, trust what you're receiving, you know, trust what you're getting, you know, you're, you're, there's an aspect of intuition involved and you're going to know what to do, but you have to trust yourself. If you are unfamiliar with, with sending light or energy healing, um, you can send sort of clear light or, you know, white light, but not like, not opaque white, but prismatic white, Mm -hmm. um, because it sort of encompasses all the colors and it will, um, she'll take what she needs you know, and the rest will go elsewhere. So that's kind of a catch-all color that you can do if you're not familiar with, um, with energy healing. Um, but that's my, that's my spiel there. That's, that's my advice there. And I, I, I feel deeply for you because that's a really tough situation to be in and, and to watch, you know, and I've watched people that have told me, no, I don't want any anything and i've had the higher i've had the person ask me before mm-hmm. for healing and then the higher self said no you know and for me that's a no that's hard uh and it's hard um but there's usually a lesson there for them yeah and it may not be something that we can really understand because because mm-hmm. it's personal to us um so thank you for sharing that story with us as well um the next question is from madam ice she sounds ferocious i right? love it i love it um it says hello uh, listening to your podcast started me on a journey to learn more about witchcraft. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a total beginner and I don't know any witches. Hello. We're your friends now. You know, too. Um, I was researching types of witches and came across something called a stitch witch. <gasps> you know how excited I am right now. <laughs> me too. Okay. Um, it says, I am a needle and thread person. My life pretty much re- revolves around it. And the saying, my soul is fed by needle and thread is definitely me and it says anyway i can't really find much about stitch witches or their witchcraft do you know anything about it or have anywhere to look for research guess what <laughs> you have you have summoned the correct podcast <laughs> so pretty much a huge 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 part of my magic is about spinning and weaving and knitting magic and cord and thread and knot magic mm-hmm. and all of the weaver goddesses and uh, we can talk about this for 100 years. Let's do it. Um, so, and, and Luna too, she is a, a stitch witch as well. Yeah. Uh, so yes, there's not a lot of information out no, there. There's not. So you're going to find the best information looking for cord and knot magic because mm-hmm. it's along the same lines. Um, and, it's not exactly because it's usually talking about, you know, you got a piece of string, you tie a knot in it. Okay. Right. Well, what are you doing when you're knitting, essentially, mm-hmm. or crocheting or sewing? Mm-hmm. You're tying really, really elaborate knots. Right. So you can do all kinds of work with sewing and stitching, including, you know, what kinds of fibers you're using. And, mm-hmm. you know, are you working with animal allies when you're, when you're working with that type of thread or that type of fabric? Are you working with colors? You can incorporate color magic. You mm-hmm. can incorporate if you do embroidery, you can incorporate um, sigils and symbols mm-hmm. and so much into your work. So um, if you spin um, or anything like that, 
Like I make um, cords that I sell for ritual purposes, hand fasting cords, um, ritual cords, you know, to tie your robe with, things like that. Um, I do tons and tons and tons of cord and not magic. And so what colors of fibers I'm using, what types of fibers I'm using, different plant fibers, you can soak those fibers in um, different teas, different herbs, different tinctures. Like there's mm-hmm. so much you can do um, if you're dyeing them yourselves, especially if you're using um, natural dyes that you've made. There's just something about taking, you know, those raw materials and the plant materials and grinding them up by hand and making your dyes and dyeing your your fabric or your wool that you have spun and, you know, creating a piece out of it. I have a few shawls that I've made from start to finish that you know, I made the dyes and I dyed it and I spun the thread and I wove it or knitted it on my, you know, with my knitting needles or wove it on my loom. And, you know, the whole process of that is also meditative. So a lot of that time I spend, I'm doing that in trance and I'm imbuing and energizing that piece. And you can choose when you make stuff, how you wash it, what herbs you use in the wash, you know, all of those things. It's like everything that witches do, you know, everything that we do can be incorporated into that piece mm-hmm. when you're when you're working with fabric and, you know, tapestry and, and thread. Um, all of that comes into one, you know, and my whole cosmology just personally is all about tapestries and weaving. And, and if you've not worked with any, um, spider deities, like look up, um, Ananke, who is, uh, the goddess of necessity. Uh, she, she is a spinner. She, she, you know, works the spindle of the universe, you know? Um, and then, um, grandmother spider is an excellent, there's so many grandmother spider stories, these cosmic weaver stories. There's so much, um, mythology and deity, um, that can work with, you know, that works along those lines. There's so much lore out there, but no, there's not a whole lot that's, um, that's written material that I've come across. So if you, if you've come across something out there, help me out. But I've, I've read a lot of things that are based around cord and not magic, and you can apply those same, um, techniques to whatever it is you're doing. So just really think about when you're creating something, what are you creating? Why? You know, use all of the things that you would in any kind of spellcraft, you know, what color is it? What texture is it? What's it made out of? You know, what kind of fibers are you using? You know, what does it look like? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. are you, are there symbols on it? Um, you know, what, what are you imbuing it? What are you, how are you empowering that object? Whatever it is. is what it, energy are you putting into yeah, it? Yeah. Is it something you're going to wear? Mm-hmm. How are you going to wear it? What part of your body is it going to cover? What are when are you going to wear it? What kind of occasions are you going to wear it to? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All of those things um, have an impact on 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 your magic and what you're doing with it. So yes, there's there's worlds and worlds of of uh, magic out there for stitch witches, and I am definitely one. So so. I wish you all the luck in the world in exploring this, but just really think about your craft because you already know Mm -hmm. what all goes into a piece like that. 
hours and hours and hours. If you're a knitter, you know, or any, anything like that, mm-hmm. it's there's so much hours and you can spend all of that time imbuing and empowering that object. And it is fierce as hell when you put it on your body. You know what I mean? You're taking all of that with you. Right. So that is my tirade about <laughs> stitch witches. Oh my God. Would you like to add something? I just talked too much. You do. That's okay. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Um, yeah, it depends, you know, ask your friends if they crochet or knit, um, or so, and you can actually start your own, what we call the stitching bitch, where everybody just brings their stuff over to one location and you sit there and you crochet or you knit or so or whatever, and then you just talk. It started out as a stitching witch, but then it became what it is. A stitching bitch. <laughs> stitching bitch. And that speaks to, you know, women's mysteries and mm-hmm. the coming together of women, you know, and things like that. And it's not strictly limited to women. No, because um, there are a lot of men out there who crochet in of it. Of course. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, when I talk about women's mysteries, though, that mm-hmm. has a particular connotation to yeah. it. So, yeah. Ooh, I'm excited for you. You've got an exciting <laughs> journey ahead. Okay. Let's go on to our next question because I don't know how long we've been here. Probably forever. <laughs> All right. Next question is from, oh, wait, no, I'm going to save this one for last because this is going to go right before you talk about the thing. Okay. Okay. All right. We're going to skip that one and then I'm going to go to this one. So this one was actually emailed to us. So I kind of missed it for like a week mm-hmm. or I should have done this on the last podcast. So I apologize. Um, Kate, this is from Kate and it's kind of long, so I'm not going to read all of it, but um well, she says up front, this will probably be very long. And um, so so I'm going to glance through this with my eyes and pick out the parts that I need to mention. So this is from Kate, and she just turned 27. She's from a small Catholic town. And um, she is, is, let's see, she went through Catholicism, and then she tried uh, Baptist for a while, and it just wasn't, she wasn't finding what she's looking for. I'm sure we can all relate to this story. Mm-hmm. Um so she's recently moved for college, and um, she feels like she's looking for something more spiritual. I'm getting there, I, I promise. Um, okay, so since since COVID-19, um, she's had to slow down a bit and, and had time to evaluate and recognize what she's looking for. Um, oh, and she found her podcast. Yay. And so now she thinks... I could be a witch. And she says, that sounds crazy, by the way. I mean, it does feel crazy the first time you say that. That's Mm -hmm. okay. That's normal. That happens. Um, Let's see. She's listened to some things. Um, Okay, wait a minute. Here's the question. I found it. Uh, It says, I'm sure you get this all the time. I do get this all the time, but that's okay. It says, what do I do? How do I dive into this further and see if it's the right path for me? Um, We talked about formal education, uh, but it says... Do I need to learn more about this before I set off down that road? Okay. There's lots of questions here. Okay. Um, so to get started, first of all, take a breath. Mm-hmm. I just need you to breathe for a minute, Kate. Um, just breathe. You're not crazy. Um, no. A lot of people that sort of stumble onto this path really experience it as a, as a feeling of homecoming. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can be... Um, a really peaceful feeling to step into. And then almost immediately after that is this sort of frantic rush to figure out how does it all work? Mm -hmm. It takes a lifetime to figure out how it all works. And I don't know if we ever figure out how it all works, but um, start slow, start very slowly because everything builds on itself. Mm -hmm. Everything builds. And, and the stronger your foundation is, 
the stronger your practice will be, you know? Um, so those first, that first part of your study is so very important and it's, should be focused completely around learning yourself, you know, learning, um, I, I know I say this a lot, learning your patterns, learning your cycles, learning your craft slowly, learning to work with energy, recognize energy. What is it? How do I work with it? How does it make me feel? Um, you know, all those sorts of things. De- the psychic development is going to be, you know, the next step for you, uh, awakening to different um, planes of reality, spirits, things like that. Um, establishing relationships with your guides, with your lands, with the spirits around you. Um, those are those are the first steps, you know, before you start doing deeper, deeper work. Um, so that would be the first place. And um, as far as resources, of course, I'm going to recommend the Temple of Witchcraft because mm-hmm. it's a really, um, it, it's a very well put together system and it doesn't, um, rely on you having a particular deity or pantheon you know you're free to explore it you don't even have to be a theist at all um to explore the technique so it's technique based it's a technique based tradition so um it was it's been immensely helpful for me and um many 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 people that i know have had um extremely um highly successful um growth in their practice uh, going through the Temple of Witchcraft system um, just because the way it's designed, especially if you're trying to break away from a birth religion or you've been sort of having trouble finding your place religiously, I would say don't worry about that right now. You know, just start with technique and and that part comes. You know, work on the science of it first and and, and the religion part comes, uh, you know, along when it's time. Um also, um, there's a great book out um, if you've been listening to our podcast, which you'd have to to get to where your question is. Right. Um, uh, Matt Oren's book is out. Uh, it's called Modern mm-hmm. Witch. Oh, no, that's Devin Hunter. Mm-hmm. Let me fix that. <laughs> it's called Psychic Witch. <laughs> right. There's so many books. I'm sorry, Matt. Forgive me. Um, so Psychic Witch is an excellent, excellent book. Um, and I would say for beginners, but not just for beginners. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful for everyone. But if you are a beginner, it really breaks things down in a good way and helps you with your psychic development. Right. So Inner Temple of Witchcraft, Psychic Witch. Um, there's so many places you can go. It just sort of depends on um, what, like you said, you know, there's so many different kinds of witches. What's what's the path for you? That's for you to find out. Mm-hmm. And you find that through exploration and initially exploration of the self. Right. So there's not going to be one book that um, has all the answers. There's not going to be 50 books that have all the answers for you. Right. Um, so you're going to have to do a lot of exploration on your own, um, mm-hmm. which is good. She mentions in here, I don't know if I said it, but that she likes to learn on her own. Um, so those are some great um, great materials that's not just uh, sort of cerebral. It's not just... Um, talking about theory Mm -hmm. it has practical applications in there and exercises for you to do and i recommend that you read those and do the exercises you know repeat them do them repeatedly journal write it down um those are some really good places for you to start um where your interest lies too um you know if you're into crystals and minerals you can start studying there um if you're interested i don't know in the tarot Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're interested in pendulums, I mean, this, you could just roll with in any direction you want, but find something that truly interests you a lot and mm-hmm. just pick up and start reading about it. Just remember there, 
that witchcraft is not an institution like Christianity or Catholic or Jewish or anything like that. It is an entity into itself, and everyone is so different. Mm -hmm. Everyone's path is so different. So find what interests you, and then pursue that, and everything else will unfold for you as you go with what interests you, because that's spirit pointing you towards what you should be learning about anyway. Yeah, towards the next step. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she has a question here. Do I have to be an outdoorsy person? Nope, you don't. You don't. Um, There's so many different kinds of, oh, it says, do I have to be able to grow plants? I killed an air plant recently, which (laughs) means pretty much nothing. Um, No, you do not. Do you know how many witches I know that just absolutely murder plants, garden plants, house plants? They're terrible with them. It's okay. (laughs) There are so many different ways to, um, for your your witchcraft to look, you know, there's nothing that is, that is limiting to you. And, um, and I think that's sort of, you know, how do you define a witch? You know, for me, it's someone who is looking below the surface. It's someone Mm who wants to see the pattern behind it all, you know, and, and that expresses itself in a thousand different ways, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's, you know, you're doing great because you're exploring yeah. and you're questioning and that's, that's the, that's the first step you're seeking. Mm-hmm. So awesome. Um, so yeah, follow, follow what interests you, but also be, be aware that there's a lot of misinformation out yes, there. there is. Um, so consider your sources. I would always recommend, um, you know, actual books versus the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then there's a lot of just anybody can publish a book nowadays. So, right. so look for authors that have published a lot, you know, read reviews, hell go talk to them, find their websites. You know, mm-hmm. you can do your research, you know, just put in your legwork. Yeah. Um, and, and not every path is right for every witch. So if one of them, if you find one and it doesn't work, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not a witch. It just means that's not, something that's a truth for you. Mm-hmm. So keep looking, you know? Yep. Uh, so that was all of that. And oh, oh, and now here's the question that involves a gardening question. Are you excited? I am. This is from our girl, Crafty Gemini Chick. Um, she says, uh, I was wondering if Luna had any suggestions on how to create a living wall. Okay, I am personally invested in this conversation <laughs> as well. Um, it says, I would love to turn what should be my back fence into, hold on, i got to turn the page, into, <laughs> nope, that's the wrong page. It's coming. I've got this. Into a living wall of green. I found it. Um, <laughs> somewhat unsure of where to start, though. Any advice would be helpful. And, oh, thank you. She says, my my series on the 13 Goals of the Witch has been nice. Um, awesome. So, a living wall. Let me, let me, look, I, I can't stop talking today. I'm so excited <laughs> to see your face. So, I have no fence around my yard. Right. I have no fence. But I can see my neighbor. Okay. And I don't like that. So, I've been trying for a number of years to train my wisteria to grow across the yard and make a wall of protective wisteria. And it's working slowly. Mm -hmm. Well, my husband tried to cut it down, tried to successfully cut it down a lot with the lawnmower. But I've eventually won. And me and the wisteria... It's happening. It's yeah. just slow. So I'm personally invested in this. Let's talk about living walls of greenery. Okay. Well, first of all, this, of course, sent me straight to Pinterest. Of course. Y'all know I'm a Pinterest witch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I started looking at living walls, and then I started looking at uh, how to cover um, 
existing fences and stuff, which brought up some really great ideas for me because my front yard's done. So now I'm working on the rest of the place. But a couple of things to consider. You got to remember what area you're in, what planting area are you in, zone 9, zone 8A, whatever. You can look at planting maps online and find the zone that you're in relatively easy. Um, Then look at... um, how much sun do you have? Majority of your climbing plants need sun. Okay, just remember that. And they need it, I think, a minimum of four hours of sun a day, up to six or more, depending on the plant. Okay. Uh, if you have a lot of shade, we might have a problem. So just look at where your fence is, what you're wanting to cover. Because that's why they climb in the first place. Right. To get maximum sun exposure. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's the second thing. Um, and watering. Um, if you're going to start new plants and get them established, they're going to need water. You have to have a water source nearby. Where's your hose? Where's your water spigot at? Or do you need to carry water buckets back there? And are you really going to carry the water buckets? For a whole wall. Ask yourself these <laughs> questions. Okay. Um, but you obviously have an existing fence. And the best way to... Make a living wall on an existing fence is to have things grow up it. You can do this several different ways. You can go and purchase um, just some regular tie-up string, nylon string that will hold up to the elements. And you can take little nails or staples and you can make a climbing trellis up your fence. Okay, The vines that you have grow over that fence are going to need something to cling to. And this is what that's going to be for. You can also use chicken wire. Um, is really easy and it's inexpensive and you can staple it directly onto the fence as well. Okay. All right. So once you have your, your, uh, support there for your fence, for your plants to grow up the fence, you need to start thinking about plants and there are tons of climbing plants that you can use. Um, if you live here in the South, obviously you've seen the little yellow flowers that burst out through the woods early spring that is carolina jasmine it has a very sweet sweet smell to it um and it grows all year long but it does die off in the winter but it only loses its leaves the vine itself goes dormant and it wakes right back up as soon as the temperatures and the weather gets back up into springtime so just remember that carolina or yeah carolina jasmine grows on old vine Another type of jasmine you can use is confederate jasmine. And both of these actually will take uh, some shade, mm-hmm. okay? Because a lot of the a lot of the uh, Carolina jasmine you see is in the woods, usually on the edges of the woods trying to get some sun, or they're really high, high in the boughs of the trees trying to get sun. So just remember they do need some sun, but they will take some shade. Confederate jasmine is exactly the same. The only difference is, is it's got the little white flowers on it. Um, and it's, it's evergreen. It's evergreen. Yeah. That's what I thought. I've got a little wall of it in my, in my backyard. Yeah. I have one that I had planted underneath a little, uh, climbing frame last year and I've since moved it into the woods in front of my house and it's actually taking off and I didn't even really bury it. I just kind of pushed the dirt up against it. I don't even take care of mine. (laughs) Yeah. They're, they're pretty, they're, they're great plants because they really live on prideful neglect, which is what most of my plants live on. (laughs) I kind of stick it in the dirt, say live or die. And if it lives, awesome. Um, we'll see if you're strong enough to we'll survive here. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. And they smell amazing. Right. Uh, another one that's really easy, uh, 
and it'll grow on anything. And I mean anything. It'll grow on brick. It'll grow on wood. It'll grow on uh, chain link. Um, I haven't seen it do great on chain link, but it will do it. And it actually has its own support system, and it's called Creeping Fig Vine. You can get it at any landscape. Um, You can see some of these stores that have this little green vine that's growing up the bricks, and it's real dainty. And you see it in a lot of different places. A lot of the older neighborhoods have it. Um, It grows up brick very well, and it doesn't need a whole lot of sun. So Creeping Fig is a good one for you to try as well i'm gonna write that down yep i don't have a pen today i'm gonna <laughs> mentally write it down oh yeah uh i have a lot of great links in the pin pinterest uh i actually made one called living wall excellent and uh so yeah I'll, you got your own pinterest page for us now I do. and it's got so much information y'all i'm great that i can refer back to it so now i know what i've talked about <laughs> um <laughs> Another one that grows wild around here in the uh, south is wisteria. (gasps) Yes. I want you to be careful with this, though. If it's growing up a wood fence, it will eventually get too heavy for the fence, and it could actually knock it down. It's too beautiful for the fence. It's beautiful. (laughs) It does better on a chain-link fence because a chain-link fence is sturdy enough to hold it. Wisteria on a wood fence... Mm, it's going to be difficult for it to really hold it up for a long period of time. So you'd probably have to cut it back every year. But wisteria grows so fast. Yeah, I don't think it would hurt it, honestly. But just remember that. Okay, another one is honeysuckle. I love honeysuckle. I have it growing all over my backyard and I didn't plant an ounce of it, (laughs) y'all. Those birds carry it everywhere. It smells wonderful. It blooms all summer, but it will pull down a fence, even a chain link fence, if you allow it to. So just kind of keep an eye on that as well. Um, Bougainvillea is something I have not thought about. And there's actually a picture of it on the Pinterest folder uh, under Living Wall showing a wood fence with this gorgeous pink Bougainvillea growing over the top of it. It's absolutely stunning. My mom used to grow Bougainvillea. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous. Climbing roses. You cannot go wrong with climbing roses. I do not have a list of the names of them. You will find them in Pinterest. I have a link for that. (laughs) Um, That probably has 10 or 15 different climbing roses. And you can plant them anywhere from probably Arkansas all the way down to the coast. Um, They're pretty resilient. Uh, It just depends on how much work you want. You have some that have really woody stems and a lot of thorns. And then there's ones like Lady Banks that don't have any thorns, but then they only bloom once a year right at the spring. But boy, they put on a show after winter. I mean, you haven't had anything bloom and all of a sudden this profusion of little yellow roses pops out. Yeah. And it's just thousands of them. It's gorgeous. So it's, you know, you got showstoppers. Um, Climbing hydrangeas. It's called, I may not be pronouncing this right, Anomala. Climbing hydrangea Anomala is actually a hydrangea that will crawl up a brick wall. Oh, nice. The vines come out about a foot out from the plant and will present a flower like a hydrangea. I did not know there was such an animal until (laughs) this afternoon, and it is gorgeous, and I'm already looking to buy buy me a couple of them. I want some of those. (laughs) That one will grow in shade. (gasps) Yay! Yes. That's awesome. Um, Moon vine. Yes. Moon vine, it needs, it needs sun, but it will grow underneath a porch because I have done it. Uh, moon vine, if you've never grown it, is a really pretty vine that puts on these 
gigantic dinner plate white flowers that come out and they open at night. They spiral open. It's really cool to watch. Um, and then they just, they smell so stinking good. That's, that's an oxymoron in it. Okay. Uh, Black Eyed Susan Vine is also another great one. It's a little vine. It has these teeny tiny yellow flowers, the black centers, just like the wild ones you see, but it'll grow up. Uh, and then Purple Hyacinth Vine has an actually, they actually grow these long purple pods, seed pods. Um, I do not think that they're poisonous. Uh, but that one's also really pretty. And then Mandevilla is another plant. So I've given y'all a lot of really good plants to go and look up. Um, but go and take a look at that living wall um, page of mine on my Pinterest page. And there are tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of links of plants that you can use and ideas. And there's some really cool ideas. A couple of things you need to think about, too, when you start dealing with plants and fences is if you have pets. If you have a cat. Or if you have several dogs in the yard, you need to take that into consideration because you don't want to plant anything that's poisonous to animals. Correct. Okay. You also want to watch what you plant that's very invasive because especially, especially wisteria, it will shoot vines off and she knows this. It will shoot vines off all around it. And if you do not take care of them, you will have a field or a yard full of nothing but wisteria it's going to cover your trees and it's not but it doesn't kill your trees so leave it alone (laughs) but once you have it you will never get rid of it okay they can be trained up into trees themselves but you have to be really crafty with it you know you like use a t-post for fencing and knock it into the ground plant your wisteria underneath it and just let it grow up it and it'll grow up and out but if those limbs touch the ground any place, it's going to shoot a root off, and it's gone. Honey, my wisteria has reached up from the ground yeah. and grabbed a branch that was 30 feet above oh, yeah. its head. I don't know how it happened. Probably did it in a day, too. It did, <laughs> and it's beautiful, and I just don't, I just don't care because I love wisteria. Yeah. I, if it covered my whole house and yard and everything, I would be it so would happy. I don't even care. It I would, would just live inside of it. <laughs> you don't understand how much I love wisteria. <laughs> You love it a lot. I a lot. I have another climbing plant that is one of my favorites. What? A clematis. A clematis. Is it a clematis? Yeah. Wow. I've it's been like pronouncing tomato, that wrong. Tomato, whichever way that you want to roll like with it. sounds like a body Yes, I love clematis. I'm going to still call it clematis because that's what my mama calls it. I don't care. I may pronounce it wrong. I don't know. I don't know. But they're in the beautiful. South. I pronounce a lot of things wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um,. One last idea, and then I'm going to be done. If you decide to go ahead and make your fence a living wall, Mm -hmm. do your research on your climbing vines and when they bloom. This way you can plant multiple vines that bloom at different times. So you will always have something going on on that fence. You're a genius. So you, if, you know, some vines will bloom and die off. Yes. And then they'll just grow the vines and there's no flowers left until next season. Um, so just what, it's just like planting a garden. You want things blooming at different times. So you want your living wall to do the exact same. So I hope that answers your question. I mean, there's a lot of things to take in to consideration when doing this, but really it's relatively easy. And as soon as you have the plants, you put them in the ground, just make sure that they're watered. And you know, once had, they take off, you're good to go. I hadn't thought about them pulling down fences, oh, probably because yeah. I don't have a fence. 
Yeah. My neighbors have a fence, though. They'll pull down houses. I mean, you can drive out in the countryside and see wisteria pulling houses down. Wisteria is strong and mighty and beautiful. It is. I have a very beautiful <laughs> staff that I picked up at an antique store that is wisteria vine. And it's, it's I need about... To- I need it's to look at six it. Six inches. Bring it to my house. Yeah, and, and I'll give it back to you later. I've yet to decide what I'm going to do with it. I'll hold it for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a staff of some kind. I just haven't decided how I'm going to decorate That's it. That's awesome. So my one of my my first wisteria plant um, was given to me by my um, grandmother-in-law who has mm-hmm. passed away now. Um, but she just went out in her yard. And she and I was like, "Your wisteria is beautiful." And she was like, "Here, have some." Yeah. She just reached underneath it ripped up a bunch of them and handed them to me. And I was just like, okay. And I took them home and just stuck them in. I was like, what do I do with this now? It's just bare roots. So I dug a hole and stuck it in there. Yeah. And there it's grown. But it's wrapped around itself. So mm-hmm. whenever the little little shoots start coming up, I just braid them around each other. Yeah. And they make little trees of their own. They'll mm-hmm. stand up on their own. Yeah, they will. Um, but they're so beautiful. They are. And they're they smell so good. Mm-hmm. I love and they story. have white ones, too. Have you seen those? I have. My neighbor had a bunch of white ones, but then that heifer cut them down. <laughs> and now I can't look at them, but mine are purple. Yeah. I like all of them. I do, too. They're beautiful. They are. <sighs> so I, we've talked a lot. We Which, have. That was a good segment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your question. That was a good question. Please She's got her more. own Pinterest board for our podcast now. No, yeah. I mean, I mean, Crafty Gemini Chick. Oh, yeah. You, like, made that whole board just for her. I sure did. You're welcome. Well, I did it for me, too, because I yeah. have a chain link fence, and it looks like crap. And... <laughs> <laughs> My neighbors have a chain link fence that butts up against our yard. Yeah. And it's covered in honeysuckles, yeah. you know, and also poison ivy. Um, yeah, that's kind of how mine is right now. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to throw some wisteria seeds over there. Yeah. I even, I'm I such even a bitch. A I could build a whole wall that we can't yeah. even see each other. Well, see, that's another thing <gasps> I was genius. looking at, um, how to cover up chain link fence, ugly mm-hmm. chain link fence. Mm-hmm. There's a way that you can actually put a wood privacy fence up against a up chain against link fence. Oh, my God. And guess what? I'm fixing to start planning. <laughs> Wait a minute. I know who your neighbors are. Yeah. Isn't that family? Yeah. We're going to have a conversation when mm-hmm. we get off of here. Um, <laughs> I have so, so much enjoyed just seeing your face know, and, and being in a room with you, even if we are social distanced. It's okay. Um, but, you know, I I want, your health is not worth it for me to risk ever, period. Right, End of discussion. So yep, yours either. So, um, everybody, I hope you're having, um, gosh, I hope you're having a nice, you know, spring. This feels like an asshole-ish thing to say, but <laughs> uh, everybody's, you know... The world is upside down. Um, But, you know, it's a good... uh, I'm going to stop talking because people hate it when I talk like a philosopher. It's going to get better. uh, It's going to get better. It's going to be different. Um, We're learning a lot about ourselves. I talk about that shit all the time. We just have to learn how to do things differently. Yep. And it's going to... There's a lot of good stuff that's coming from this. There's a lot of horrible stuff that's coming from this. Um, So everybody just keep on keeping on. And uh, remember your magic. Remember your powers. And um, stay centered as much as you can. Yeah. Yes. Um, So (laughs) this was nice. It was nice to be back here. It was lovely to have all these listener questions. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Send more. I love listener questions. I do too. Send more. Um, (laughs) And and I guess we're going to get out of your hair now. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Blessed be. Bye y'all. Thank you all so much for listening, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. It helps get our podcast in front of more listeners just like you. 
If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can leave us a voicemail at 769-230-0305 or find us on facebook.com forward slash Crossroads and Cauldrons Podcast. You can find our Instagram account at Crossroads and Cauldrons Podcast. Or for our latest episodes, search Crossroads and Cauldrons Podcast on your favorite podcast provider.